Everybody loves a good story. Do you have a favorite story, a favorite book? Do you have a book that's like dog-eared because you read it so many times? I have a copy of Pride and Prejudice that I have read so many times, I can pretty much just open it up to whatever scene I want to find. Do you have a movie that no matter how many times it comes on reruns, when you see it on the TV, you're like, oh, there's that. I got to watch that again. (laughs) We love a good story, don't we? We all have a story. And this series that we're starting today is going to immerse us in two great stories, starting today and moving us right up through Easter. The first story is your story, the story of your life. And the second story is the God story, the story that God sets out for us in the scripture. And we're going to find out that actually it's one story, that they fit together. So let's begin this story at the beginning Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start right at the beginning today. Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and then we'll skip to the end of the chapter, verse 26, and read just a few verses into chapter 2. Genesis 1, starting with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. And over to 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. This is the account 
of the creation of the heavens and the earth. And this is God's word for us today. Thank you, God. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for being with us. We want you to know that we are listening for your voice this morning. So Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. We all have a story. You know the ins and outs of your story, the chapters and the characters, the, the plot twists, the, the heartbreaks, the victories, the, the good times, the hard times. Your story is important. And maybe as you look over the story of your life, you wish that there were chapters that could be rewritten or you wish that uh, maybe your story was going in a different direction. We all have things that we would love to be able to go back and rewrite if we could. But if you wonder if your story is where it's supposed to be, or if you look at your life right now and you say, this is not how the story is supposed to end. Or if there's something in your heart that tells you there's more to life than the tasks on your to-do list, that there must be some bigger story that you are a part of, then this series that we're starting today is for you. We all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. That our, We want to know our lives aren't part of just some random bit of reality that doesn't connect to anything bigger. That's what this God story is all about. It's about finding that connection. In the book, The God Story, by Jacob Armstrong, the author writes this. He's talking about thinking way back, remembering to when he was a little boy, to a specific conversation that he had with his dad out on their porch. He says he can hardly ever remember being out on the porch talking to his dad. They, they rarely sat out there, but he has this vivid memory of sitting out there on their old wooden rocking chairs, and it was just the two of them. He says he'd been trying to find words to tell his dad something that he thought his dad would tell him was, was foolish or, or weird, um, something that he never would have told his friends. He said, I figured if I told my dad he could figure out, he could tell me how to grow up, how to stop. So he musters up his courage, he writes, and says this, Dad, I feel like my life is a movie or a great story. I pretend a lot. I pretend that I am the hero of my story and there are bad guys and good guys. And I fight for the good side, of course. Even at school or at Cub Scouts or wherever I am, I'm pretending that I'm part of my adventure, my story, and I'm the star. He says, I didn't tell him anything of my thoughts of damsels in distress or my deep fear of the enemy. I didn't tell him everything. I told him a little and waited for him to reason with me. I waited for him to share logic with me, to help get me out of my fairy tale. And staring out into the field across from our house and never looking at me, he says, my dad replied, yeah, me too. Me too. 
G.K. Chesterton said, I had always felt life first as a story. And if there is a story, there must be a storyteller. Many of you are familiar with that epic story, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Some of you have probably seen the movie. These two little hobbits, Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee, are thrust into the middle of a huge adventure. They have to take the ring that the world's uh, fate hangs on and get it to its destination. And they find themselves in the middle of this big adventure with dwarves and elves, and it's an amazing story. They go down into the mines of Moria, and they lose their leader, Gandalf. And it's at that point that Sam says to Frodo, I wonder what kind of tale we have fallen into. I wonder what kind of tale we have fallen into. That's a very smart question. Sam assumes that there is a story, that there's something larger going on, that there is an adventure with bad guys and good guys and a fight and mystery and intrigue and suspense. He assumes that there's some great story, and he assumes that they now find themselves in it. They find themselves caught up in the great story. We experience life as a story, don't we? Our own lives as a story. We wish we were given the blueprint of life at the beginning, like a map that will tell us what's going to happen next. We long for that in so many ways. But instead, we experience life like a story. We turn the next page to see what's there. And sometimes the story unfolds too fast for us or too slow for us, but it unfolds whether we want it to or not. And we find ourselves in the middle of it, just like we did when we were kids and pretended that we were part of some suspenseful adventure with love and heartbreak and challenge. Now we're living it. Lives of love and and heartbreak and challenge and the unknown, a lot of unknown. That question that those young hobbits asked is a good question for us to ask as well. What sort of tale have we fallen into? We look around and we think, what is this life? How did I get here Is this really all there is? Does my life, my story, have some greater meaning in the big story? Or do I just live and die and that's the end of my story? That's the question, the human question, that we all have to wrestle with, that our neighbors are wrestling with, that when life gets to a point where we're really thinking about reality, brings us up short, That's the question that we ask. You ever ask that question? What what am I doing here? What is this all about? If you are asking that question, then you're in the right place. If you have friends who are asking that question, why not invite them to come and be a part of this series during this season leading up to Easter? Those are important questions to ask. 
part of living in the middle of the story means that we can't skip ahead to the end of our stories and see how it all turns out. We live in mystery, not understanding how everything that's happening might fit together in the bigger picture. You've probably all watched some episodes of I Love Lucy, and you know Lucy's always getting in trouble, isn't she? And there seems like there's almost always a point in every plot where Ricky, her husband, comes back and he figures out she's been up to something. And he often says this line, Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. <laughs> you've got some splaining to do. <laughs> I wonder how often we feel like that at the point in our stories when things are not working out the way we had anticipated. We lose our job, the kids move away, our spouse dies, and we want to tell the storyteller of our lives, you've got some splaining to do. God, what, what does this all mean, and how does it all fit together? So if life is a story, I think many of us are wondering, how does my story connect with the big story? How does my story connect with God's story? That's what we're going to be exploring this series. Over the next seven weeks, I invite you to, uh, to be on this journey, in this story. It's a, a thrilling story of suspense and, and intrigue and betrayal and adventure and hope and life. It's the story of God's people. And that means if you're a believer, it's your story as well. Have you ever looked at the Bible and asked, how does this all fit together? Is this all connected? Have you ever wondered, how do Abraham and Sarah and Adam and Eve and Mary and Joseph, do they all fit together? How, what's the connection between the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and the Apostle Paul crossing an ocean during a hurricane? Have you ever wondered how all the pieces fit together? It can be hard to get the plot of this story, the Bible, firmly into our minds and hearts. Well, that's partly what we're going to be doing here in the next few weeks, looking at that connectedness that all of these stories in the scriptures have. The Bible really is a story, a story, made up of many smaller stories, but it's a story of God and God's people and God's relentless love and longing for relationship with his creation. We'll look closely at the threads that run throughout the Bible and the threads that run from Genesis to Jesus and right to you, right to me, right to each of us. And as we go through this story, we will find the story that our hearts have longed for, the story that the longings that are expressed in the imagination of eight-year-olds and the empty longings of 46-year-olds find their resolution in the God story. We will see that the Bible is not a random mixture of stories, but the Word of God speaking to us 
a connected story for our lives. Sandra Richter is an Old Testament scholar who has just published a great news series studying the Old Testament called Epic of Eden. In that, she says this, this book, the scriptures, the Bible, was cast upon the waters of history with one very specific, completely essential, and desperately necessary objective, to tell the epic tale of God's ongoing quest to ransom his creation and to thereby give each generation the opportunity to know his amazing grace. It is all one story. And if you are a believer, it is all your story. Your story is not an accident. The personal story that you are living right now, you will discover, we will discover together in the coming weeks, the meaning and purpose in the story of the Bible and threads that lead from Jesus to us and that tie together those seemingly haphazard pieces of our lives into the meaning of a purposeful existence. As we hear these amazing stories, these Bible stories again, then we will discover that we now live in God's story. And we will say, I wonder what sort of tale I have fallen into. We may even say to the storyteller, you have some splaining to do. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting adventure together. So today, we're going to start where all good stories start. Where did good stories start when you were a kid? Once upon a time. Remember that? Once upon a time. Or how about long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away? Yeah, can't beat that story. Or this is how our story begins today. In the beginning. In the beginning. That's where we start, right at the beginning of Genesis, chapter 1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. It says the earth was formless and empty, and God's spirit hovered over the face of the deep. It's hard for our minds to even grasp what that means. Genesis 1 tells us that out of this nothingness, God created everything that is, universes, right down to the tiniest little bugs that creep along the face of the earth. I like how this translation says it over and over again. The little things that scurry along the ground, in case we forgot about that. But you've heard that story before. God created the heavens and the earth. What does this story tell us about you, about me, and about the storyteller himself, about God. Well, this story introduces us to the main character right away. If you go to a movie that has an actor or an actress in it that you really like, you're, you're always kind of waiting, aren't you, until that person shows up on the screen. The story doesn't really start until George Clooney gets on the screen, or whoever it is, right? God is the main character in this story. And 
we're told that right away. He's the one that we want to see and that we want to get to know in this, in this story. God is the, the principal actor. And even though there's a lot of interesting characters in the Bible, throughout this story, throughout Scripture, really God is the main character the whole way through. We get that in the, the fourth word of the Bible here. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. That tells us a lot about the origin of the world and about the origin of you and, and me. In the beginning, God. God is the main character here. Just like the introduction to a, a good novel sets the stage, gives us the, uh, the setting and the characters and the initial things we need to know to move forward, Genesis does the same thing for us. Gives us the plot of the God story. And we see right at the beginning that God is not someplace far off stage, kind of having a cup of coffee somewhere while creation is happening. God is right there. He's the one making it happen. Creation is not an accident. It's not a byproduct of some other thing that's going on. This is God's intention. God is the principal actor in creating everything, culminating in God's creation of human beings that are astoundingly created in God's own image. So what do we learn about the main character here, about God, through this part of Genesis. Well, one thing is that God is extremely powerful. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He creates out of nothing, out of a, a formless void. God speaks this world into existence. He speaks, and whatever he wants to happen, happens that is power. The God who could create all of this out of nothing, that's the God who created you and me. If God is powerful enough to do that, then he is powerful enough to handle whatever is going on in your life. We tell ourselves a story sometimes, a story that goes like this. Well, I know God is God, but well, the thing that I'm facing right now is really big and complicated. It's really hard to solve, and I don't know if God can really handle that. I better, I better work on it myself. I better do it myself because I don't know if God's up to this task. We probably wouldn't put it in words, but we tell ourselves that story. We live as if we don't necessarily believe all the time that God is powerful enough to untangle whatever knots are tied up in your life and in my life. Do you know how amazing it is to live with the knowledge that no matter what, we have the God of the universe with us, caring about us, walking with us, writing our story along with us, that's an amazing gift. God is so powerful. Powerful enough to speak this world into existence. And he is with you every 
moment, and he's on your side. We learn that about God from Genesis chapter 1. Another thing we learn is that God created us in his image. That gives us special dignity. No other creatures are spoken of that way in this whole creation story. That of all the things God created, human beings are especially created in God's image. That gives us special traits. It puts some of God's character in us. It means that we're created for community because God himself is community, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is community-oriented, and we are made also to live in community, in relationships. It means that we are spiritual because God is spiritual. God is spirit. We're more than just our physical parts. There's something more to us than that. And it means that we are creative. For God to create us in his image puts that creative spark that God has in each of us. No wonder we write stories and create things and love other people and dream and, and want to be a part of a story that's bigger than us. The chief storyteller made us like himself. And so we get to join in the things that God has done and that God is doing. That is amazing. And then this can't be missed. What God does with these humans that he's created after he creates them, what does he do? He speaks to them. He talks with them. He communicates with them. God begins a conversation and a relationship with that which he has created. And that leads us to this week's thread. There'll be sort of a bright thread that we'll pull out each week and look at. This, this week's thread is this. God speaks to his creation because God desires a relationship with people. We see all throughout this story, God is speaking He's speaking because God desires a relationship with us, his creatures, his creations. God speaks to his creation because God desires a relationship with his people. And not just people out there, but you and you and you and me and our neighbor who thinks they're all alone. God desires a relationship with each one that he has created. That may sound like old news, but friends, that is big news. That is big news. And I can tell you, there are millions of people who have never heard or absorbed that good news. Maybe you're one of them. God wants a relationship with you personally. It's amazing. Holocaust survival, Ailey Wiesel said that God created people because he loves stories. He loves your story. He loves the opportunity to be a part of your story. And God is still speaking. He spoke back then in Genesis, and he's still speaking. I truly believe that. He's still speaking through his word and through creation. And he's still speaking to you because he still wants a relationship with you. 
He wants to help you find your place in his story and make sense of your story. He is the master storyteller. Well, your story may have some loose ends still. Whose doesn't? Some unfinished chapters. We know there's some plot twists still ahead for each of us. But God, our storyteller, is working on that with us. We're part of a bigger story. So during this season, leading up to Easter, this season of Lent, I'm inviting you to really listen to God's voice in a new and a fresh way. There's no time like the present to listen to God's voice, to hear God's voice. Maybe it's whispering, maybe it's shouting to you about your connection in the story. God is still speaking. So my challenge for you this week is to listen for God to speak to you. Listen for him in scripture. I really believe he's still speaking to us through his word. That's why I'm always so excited to bring this before you every week and to to dig into the Bible together. That's why we're always trying to create new opportunities for you to learn more about the Bible and, and dig into the Bible. We have a little daily devotional that Mike mentioned out on the Welcome Center. If you don't have the $6, just take one. We want you to have those books. It's a little bite-sized piece of Scripture for every day of the week and some thoughts about your place in this story to mull on. So take that and and take part in that. If you want to gather a few people together, talk through this stuff, we have a little study guide available to you. You can let me know and we'll get that into your hands. Or maybe you already have a good plan of being in the scriptures every day. If so, let me just encourage you to stick with it. Reading the the Bible every day is kind of like taking vitamins. You don't always notice. You don't don't take a vitamin and be like, I feel great, right? Sometimes you read scripture and you're, you're like, I don't know, did I get anything out of that today? But being in the word day after day after day, it makes you stronger. It makes a difference. So let me challenge you. In these seven weeks before Easter... Feast on God's word. Listen to what God has. If you don't have a vital way of being in the scriptures every day, this is the time to jump in. The second thing is God is still speaking to us through creation. The way he started this whole conversation with us in Genesis, it's still happening. Did you know that this morning it was 30 degrees warmer than last Sunday? If we keep going like this, in two weeks, we'll be in the 70s. Yeah. You know, I'm not one to normally complain about the weather, but even I, at this time of year, I feel like I I could use a little reminder (laughs) that God's mercy and God's love are just there for me to see in creation. And it's true. I walked out of a restaurant in Erie on Friday night, and there was a little sliver of a moon and Venus right next to it. It was amazing. And even in that 
15 seconds that I stood out in the cold and looked at that, I could hear God saying to me, see how beautiful I made things for you to enjoy? So I challenge you this week, take some time to see God in creation. God could have made this world all gray and brown, but he made it beautiful for us. Psalm 19 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message goes out through all the earth and their words to all the world. God is speaking to us in his creation. So listen. Listen to God in his word and in creation this week. Find some ways to do that. The story that you have been longing to have that began in the imagination and fairy tales of your heart as a child Your desire for adventure and relationship and excitement and love is not a childlike thing to be dismissed. It is the echo of the greatest story ever told, the echo of that story bouncing off your heart. It is the thread of God's love pulling you, pulling you into his story. Let's jump in together. Let's pray. God, we lay our lives before you right now as an open book. And we put the pen back in your hand. We confess that often we try to write our own stories and then we check with you later, see how we did. But God, we want you to be in control. We trust you. We love you. We remember again that you have our best interests at heart. Lord, show us today and in the days to come more and more about who we really are in your eyes and help us to know you better. Please lead us and guide us each step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen.